Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Hey, we got to have fun with it. It's going to work. I I really don't know if this intro is going to work. It's going to work. Just trust me. Formula One is back again. Lots of race setting pace. We're ready for the new year. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mercedes is looking rough, very tough. Just our luck. Hamilton could be the best. Will he win number eight? Max is going for the lead. Can he win? Oopsie spin. McLaren's car's looking sharp. Watch Lando fly. Lots of drivers in new seats. Sergio, Ricardo. Will Carlos outshine Leclerc? Who knows, who knows, who knows? Haas has a whole new lineup. Or money, legacy. Williams under new owners. Will George I get a shot? Many races to address. 23, soon to be, who's ready for the season? We know we freaking are. Welcome to another edition of Off the Pit Wall. Today on the podcast, we're going to be previewing the upcoming race weekend. We are at Imola in 2021. Hunter, can you give me your best Italian accent for the name of this Grand Prix? Ferrari. Oh, sorry for the Emilia Grand Prix. <laughs> I mean, I was looking for Emilia Romano. Oh, you don't pinch me. I mm, okay. I'm not even gonna touch that. All right. Either way, we we are previewing the upcoming Emilia Grand Prix. Bahrain was an amazing way to kick off the season. It was fantastic. If you haven't checked it out yet, we did a recap episode. Give every team a grade. Now ahead of the upcoming Emilia Grand Prix, the Emilia Romano Grand Prix. We're going to be talking about what teams need to accomplish, should accomplish, should be setting as goals to accomplish during this race weekend. And that is going to be really exciting because I think we might set some slightly different goals for some different teams. Hunter, you and I. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have have different thoughts. Yeah. Some teams we might have more faith in than others, higher expectations for than others. uh, And we'll see how it all shakes out. So. Hunter, before we get into a team-by-team breakdown, do you have any general thoughts about going to Imola uh, in 2021? I mean, we did it last year. It was a crazy, you know, return, obviously, a place with a lot of history, uh, a lot of tragedy as well, of course. What are your general thoughts about this upcoming race weekend? I didn't know how to feel last year when they went. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was... I thought it was really an amazing track, a historical track, especially in F1. I thought the race ended up being phenomenal. I I really liked the way the race planned out. I think, though, that there needs to be, I believe it was, I think there's 13 turns or 15 turns of this track. It was like turn 13. Uh, Last year was the turn four, if you will. Of of last week (laughs) or of last race. So if they can learn to police it, it'll be good. But I, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, I'm going to do my best to watch all the practices and qualifyings. Um, for us, for us East Coast America boys, it'll be hard, but uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, and also keep in mind that they pushed up uh, Saturday qualifying and practice three in order to not overlap with the funeral for Prince Philip. Yes. So that's going to be even earlier for us, which, I mean... I don't know about, well, I mean, I know for West Coasters here in the U.S. it's really bad, but even East Coasters, I mean, you know, waking up 
uh, 9 a.m. on a Sunday is uh, it's pushing it for me personally. But, you know, that's just that's just me. So I'll be up for a few hours at that point, but uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll see. The problem is I'll, I'll be I'll be working on race cars this weekend. So I won't have to sneak in between maintenance and the cars watching some F1. Yeah, you got to follow up on your guys's excellent performance at Kokomo last last week. Yes, we got to we got to hopefully we have three races this week. So hopefully we can win one of them. You old dirt midget racer, you. <laughs> Actually, well, it's not midgets, Dan. It's sprint cars. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry for getting Regardless, the... the world of open wheel racing it all yeah. ties back to Formula One. Yes. As you as you start your journey in uh, in professional racing, let's talk about those who have reached the pinnacle here in F1. Let's start with Mercedes. They always tend to be the first team we talk about. They've been dominant for so long. Let's start with them. Last year at the 2020 Emilia Romana Grand Prix. You had Mercedes qualifying 1-2 with Valtteri Botas on pole. And then finishing the race, they also finished 1-2, of course, with Hamilton on pole and uh, notching fastest lap on top of that. So Mercedes had a very clean weekend here last year. Do you think that they have the same expectations for this year? I really don't know because this will be the first race. Uh, we will see all of these cars at a new track. Uh, and I mean that as in... Preseason testing was at the track that we just raced that last race. So all of the all the things we picked up from preseason and from that first race, we don't know what will translate. We know that Red Bull seems to be much faster this year to start to start the season. Uh, so will they be able to fight uh, more with Mercedes this year and and maybe steal the one of the one of the first row starting positions? But um, I, I think still. Based off last year, Mercedes should still uh, qualify one two just as of right now. Uh, Red Bull looks fast this year to start, but we don't we don't know yet. We haven't gone to a new track yet, so we don't know how good that Red Bull is at places other because uh, this is a this is a more uh, I want to say tight track compared to uh, Bahrain. So will Red Bull's car fancy this sort of track, or will Mercedes' car actually be better here? Based off last year, I'm still going to say they should be aiming for one two. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I just bring up last year's results because, you know, there are some teams that are known for being stronger on power tracks and some teams that are known for being stronger on, you know, maybe more downforce heavy, more aero dependent tracks. Like the the biggest example is always, you know, Ferrari doing well at Monza before everyone realized that their engine was was, uh, well, we don't know. We don't <laughs> well, we, know what their engine was. We just uh, know that apparently... It needed to stop being produced. So, yeah, point you, you, you take that as you will. Point being, you know, of course, we do have to see, you know, how Red Bull's improvements fare at this track. You know, first time I'm seeing, you know, this year's Red Bull at this track, obviously. But Mercedes were pretty comfortable last year with it. So, you know, that could indicate that maybe that their cars are designed a little bit for this track. So, so you're saying you're saying that their expectations, their goal should be one two across the entire weekend. Is that true? The turbo hybrid Mercedes should always be aiming for one two. I give them a slightly less stringent expectation. Personally, I mean, okay. we saw that Max is going to be an actual competitor to Lewis. Okay, and with that, I think that the expectation. That I, I think is a realistic expectation is that Mercedes comes away with another double podium. I think if they do that, they are on track for their goals this year. 
that I think that would be probably fine with them because in, in all reality, if let's say they win every race and come third every race and Max comes second and, and Sergio comes fourth every race, Mercedes is still double world champions. So a, a double podium every week will be a great result for them. Just I, I think that the, the top brass of Mercedes still have the we want one, two every week mindset and we will take a podium. We'll take a double podium, but we want that one, too. Of course. Now, we kind of alluded to it a little bit. Red Bull, they improved a lot compared to last year. Of course, you know, the only track we've seen anybody race on is Bahrain so far. What are your expectations for Red Bull, for Max, for Sergio? Last year, just to give you some context, Max qualified third. Alex Albon in last year's Red Bull qualified sixth. And they finished the race, uh, Alex Albon being 57 seconds behind the race leader. And Max Verstappen uh, spinning off the track after a tire puncture. So they obviously did very poorly last year. What are your expectations for this year? I think that they will be hoping for a double podium. I think they want Max to win, obviously. But I think they will happily take a 1-2, a 1-3, even a 2-3. Anything to chip away at Mercedes and their early, uh, it's only one race, but still, early uh, double double points lead. Anything they can do to chip away at that, I think they'll be more than happy with. Quite honestly, Max needs to be in the podium positions. And Sergio should be in the podium positions, but I think they'll happily take a top five with Sergio. If he can get a top five every week, I think they'll be fine with that. Yeah, I think after last week and after the controversy of last week and the fact that Red Bull seems to be, at least so far, again, it's very early to make any declarative big statements, but so far this season, I don't think it's too crazy to say that on the whole on the general well, well-roundedness that Red Bull is a better car than Mercedes. Mercedes, I don't think, is the clear-cut best car on the track this year. And I think because of that, the expectations that, that I think Red Bull has and that Christian Horner has, definitely Christian Horner has these expectations, I think based on how close last week was and the controversy behind last week, I think the expectation, and I think it's a fair expectation to put, is that Max Verstappen wins this Grand Prix. Obviously, they want Sergio to have a really good finish. They need Sergio to be an amazing number two to help, you know, fight off the juggernaut that is Mercedes. You talked about that, Hunter. But Mm -hmm. I, I think the goal, the expectation is Max on the top step of the podium. And I think anything less than that, I'm not going to say Christian Horner is going to see it as disappointing, but I don't think he's going to be too happy with just coming in second again. I think Max would see that as a disappointment. That's fair. Especially after last week. And depending on how the race plays out, if it, if it's a similar situation, let's not say a penalty controversy or whatnot with, with passing outside, but let's just say still finishes within a second or something of Lewis uh, with a clean battle, you know, because this, this track was hard to pass at last year. I think there were really only two corners you could really pass uh, maybe three, but that's most tracks now, I guess, when you think about it in F1. Um, but I, I think I, I agree with you completely that they definitely want Max to, to be on the, the, the top step of the podium. And I, I really think that they need Sergio Perez to finish at the worst fifth. I really think that is a pretty fair expectation for them. You know, I think if that happens, then they have they've done what uh, they would be expected to do 
considering everything so far uh, mm-hmm. this year. Now, if we can walk away from the one-two fight, the people that were expecting to you know fight for that win this weekend, next car up is uh, McLaren. You know, obviously, many people have kind of penciled them in as being the the third place team so far this year. You know, a lot of their competition. They're getting a pretty good advantage on to begin with teams like Ferrari, teams like Alpha Tauri. So at least for me, Hunter, I think if I was what's his name, Zach Brown, yes, yeah, Zach Brown. If I was Zach Brown, I think my expectation for this race is get a podium. Yeah, I I think that's fair to say. I think they want to be fighting for that that bottom step every week. I think they would clearly love to win every week. Every you don't get in a race car and not want to win. That's just that'd just be ludicrous. Uh, obviously, sometimes you understand, like when you're George Russell, that you, you, that's not going to happen. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But for McLaren, I think that their team meeting, they definitely are sitting down saying, one of you two needs to be fighting for third. We really would love that. Uh, but I think that they would be perfectly fine again with 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 a uh, fourth and somewhere between a fourth and seventh again. I think realistically they want to be they want to be the fourth and fifth place cars. So I think that they'll they'll set a benchmark for themselves now for probably the rest of the season after that first race, saying don't be lower than seventh because clearly the only people that were in between us there were a Red Bull, which kind of should have been above Lando, and a Ferrari in between the two Mercedes. So, or sorry, the two McLarens. So I, I think that they that their goal for the rest of the season will be third is the is the is the goal, and then seventh is the is the bottom. Don't go past that. Yeah, I think for this race, they definitely want to showcase the fact that they are a podium quality team. The, the thing is, I think it'd be very easy for them to kind of fall into this trap where they are not quite good enough to fight against Mercedes and Red Bull, but they are dominant enough to not have to really worry about Ferrari and Alpha Tauri. And that just kind of means that, like, at least from, like, a mental standpoint, like, they're not really pushing for anything, you know? I would like to see, you know, Norris get on the podium again, Ricardo get on the podium again, either one of them. The only reservation looking at last year, last year's McLaren wasn't that good at this track. They both made uh, Q3, but they started on the grid 9 and 10, and they finished Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris last year 7th and 8th, but that's with Max crashing out, that's with Esteban Alcon crashing out, that's with Pierre Gasly, or I'm sorry, Esteban Alcon left due to a gearbox issue. Pierre Gasly also retired from the race who started above them, so I'd like to see, they kind of just sat in place last year, and they have a better car that I think is going to put them in a position to be in that 4th, 5th, 6th position regardless. I want to see them push and get to, you know, the bottom step of that podium, most likely. Continue to shake up the order, make make the uh, second race just as interesting as that first race was a couple weeks back at Bahrain. Now on to Ferrari. Last year, obviously, last year Ferrari was not as good as they were. They qualified 7th and 14th which wasn't good at all. They finished 5th, and they also finished 12th. So they did crawl up a little bit uh, last year, showing you know a little bit of pace, but again, a lot of people at the front crashed out. What are your expectations for Ferrari this weekend? Fine, Benito. I- I'm saying to the guys, you- we got 6th, 
We got eighth last week. Completely different track. Completely different track. Or I keep saying last week. Last race. Completely different track, though. But it looks like they can take a fight to the McLarens. Now, we didn't get to see what Pierre could do. Uh, we saw what Yuki could do in his first start, and he got ninth. So he didn't really fight with the Ferraris. So we don't know where Pierre will be in this in this jumble, you know? In this hornet's nest of a, of a third-place running. Uh, for, for constructors, that is. So I, I'm saying that Ferrari's goal is probably going to be fourth. I, I think they want to be third, but I think they they know that that's a little out of the reach right now, especially from last year. So I think that their upper echelon goal would be fourth or fifth, and I, I think they just want a double points finish. I think they want to be both inside the top ten. That that's that's most likely their team goal. Uh, build Ferrari back up. I mean, they have 16 world championships. They got 239 wins as a as a team. They, a bad Ferrari team isn't normal, you know? So they need to rebound, and I think that they want at the very minimum a double points finish. Yeah, and I think Ferrari can easily have a double points finish. I think if you're trying to put out an expectation out there, it's going to challenge them a little bit. If you look at last race at Bahrain, I mean, Charles Leclerc qualified fourth. That's fantastic. He finished the race sixth. I think that if you're going to set a goal out there, for Ferrari, I think it's don't fall backwards in the race. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think that's the only expectation I would have for them because okay, you know, Charles Charles last year proved that he can, you know, if you give him one lap, you know, and say give us your best qualifying lap, he can do way better than what the car can. But and all last season he outperformed the car exactly, and I think the thing is just proving that in the race you that Ferrari is capable and at a position where they can hold on to what Charles got out of qualifying. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Carlos qualified eight. He finished eight. He, you know, he was there. <laughs> he didn't he, climb, but he didn't fall. Yeah, he did his job. He collected a couple of points. And honestly, I think that I think the team just needs to show that in a race situation, they can perform at a level that's worthy of their overqualification, if you will. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. that's fair. I think that's a good expectation for Ferrari. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Next team on our list, you kind of previewed them a little bit. It's uh, it's the young boys in the Alpha Tauri outfit, Yuki and Pierre. What are your expectations for them this weekend? Because last year at this track, Alpha Tauri did fantastic. Pierre qualified fourth. And even though Pierre had to retire early in the race with a mechanical issue, Daniel Kvyat finished fourth in this race. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm learning all the team chiefs names because some of these guys never knew their names. So uh, AlphaTauri, we got Franz Toast. Franz Toast. Uh, <laughs> yes, Franz Toast. Tossed Toast. I can't read English. Uh, anyways, if I'm Franz and I'm in the team meeting this week, I, I'm I'm bringing up last year, and I'm saying we we qualified fourth, we finished fourth. Pierre, what qualified fifth last race? Uh, fourth so, last race. Fourth, fourth last race. Sorry, yeah. he so, he was he was uh, ahead of Daniel Ricardo, who finished assuming, on the podium. Yeah, so assuming nothing bad happens in the opening couple laps, because you know it's going to be a scramble. It always is. It's F one. Uh, but assuming nothing bad happens and they can get to the end. I really want to say that AlphaTauri is going to be telling at least Pierre top five and Yuki points. I really think that if Sonuda can keep getting points finishes, that'll really boost his confidence. Then he can 
start, you know, battling Pierre maybe for the upper point paying positions. But I think Pierre at least a top five and Yuki in the points. I think that's their goal for this week. Yeah, I would agree with you. I had written in my notes a double points finish. I don't necessarily need Gasly to, you know, necessarily get a top five. But I think if both of them come away with points, considering that they're in the echelon that they're battling both McLarens, both Ferraris, they're battling. I think, you know, uh, both Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll are going to be a little bit stronger now. Sebastian Vettel has a better grip and more experience on that Aston Martin car. So I think, you know, there's still going to be people that they're going to have to contend with. And, you know, then you have some uh, outliers, well, really one outlier at that point with Fernando Alonso, who they're going to also have to contend with. So that midfield is very packed. It's very competitive. And I think if they come out of it with a double points finish, Alpha Tauri is doing its job to stay in the hunt and continue chasing down McLaren for that third in the constructors uh, standings for for this race so double points that'd be great if they pull off what you were talking about a top five and a top 10 that would be extra fantastic for them yeah exactly all right so speaking of aston martin we just talked about them a little bit last year when they were racing point they qualified 11th and 15th and then in the race they ended up sixth of course that was sergio perez and we saw what he managed to do last year and 13th uh for lance stroll so they don't seem as strong on this track, kind of like McLaren. This track doesn't seem as built for them. Do you think that they're going to have issues at this track? What expectations do you have, Hunter? I got his name written down. I'm going to give it another shot. I tried saying it a couple shows ago. Maybe it was last show. I don't remember. Oh, God, it's Oscar something or uh, whatever. No, it's Otmar Snotsnov. Written English is hard enough for me. When it's a when it's a foreign name, I can't do it. I can Otmar Satsnav. Sure. We can just go enough. we can just go Otmar. Ot Otmar. Okay. Well, if we go off what he was complaining about from the first race and his his the rake of his car and the yada 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 is well it's rubbish. It's not gonna be looking good for them. So I think they're gonna be hoping uh, real based off last year, they want a double points finish. They they want a double points finish every race. Yeah, uh, I'm sure, um, uh, what's his name, Lance Stroll's dad, Lawrence, Lawrence Stroll, sure he doesn't want to be paying all this money to not be scoring double points finishes, you know what I mean? So, as a team, they want to double, double points. They both want to be in the top 10. Every team wants to be in the top 10, if you, if, I mean, if being serious. But, realistically, I think they want at least one car in there. Based yeah. off that first race, wasn't looking too good. Uh, obviously, new car to Sebastian. Technically a new-ish car to Lance. I mean, it's a new year, you know what I mean? But it still should be the same relative setup. I, I, I think that first week kind of knocked them down a peg from last year in their own mental state. So I think they're, they're hoping to get a little bit of a rebound. I'm sure they would love a double points, but I think quite honestly, they're really going for a single, single point finish. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Lance Ori being familiar with this car. I mean, in general, since he's the returning team member here. I mean, last year, he didn't do hot in it. He barely, barely got out of Q1. And then in the race itself, only climbed to like 13th. And again, that was with several top running drivers retiring early. So, you know, he didn't really advance up the order that much during the actual race. So I think I'm going to give expectations for Aston Martin. 
I think I want to see that Sebastian Vettel is having progress understanding and working with the car. And my expectation for them is that Sebastian Vettel finishes the race ahead of Lance Stroll. I think that is what I would set as a goal for them in my mind going into this race. Not, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, not that they're preferring uh, Vettel over Lance Stroll, but Lance Stroll had a crap time at this track last year. And we talked about how in the general like midfield, their car is, you know, it went from being basically last year. Podium in, fighter, a podium contender. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like last year, in my mind, McLaren and Racing Point were the top of the midfield. And yes. now now it feels like Alpha Tauri's ahead of them. Now it feels like. Alpine, yeah, Alpine feels like that they're you know at, at, like about at the same level, if not like ahead. From Grace, it, it feels like they've fallen a long way. Yeah, it feels like they went from the top of the midfield to the bottom of the midfield, and obviously that's rough. I think if Sebastian Vettel has a good race, that is is well enough. Whether or not that includes points, who knows? Because. You know, at at the point that we're talking about, there isn't very many spots left to go around when you account for two oh, Mercedes, yeah. two Red Bulls, two McLarens, two Ferraris, two Alpha Tauris. Like that's that's ten cars right there. Exactly. And, so And we still haven't yeah. talked about, you know, Fernando Alonso and Alpine, who again is a threat every single week. Yeah. And and if I if I could, I'd like to actually take your Ferrari philosophy. I think a very real team meeting thing that could be going on for them is quite honestly, like you said. Don't fall any positions from where you qualify. Yeah, don't go backwards. I think, I think that very well could be theirs. Even if they qualify 15th and 14th, don't don't fall any lower than that. We're still not getting any points, but don't fall any lower than that. The other thing, too, is I'm almost positive this is the track where Lance Stroll ran over his crew member in the pits. <laughs> Wait, Wait. He ran over the front jack, man. I, okay. I'm almost positive that's his track. Un- unfortunately, there's no, there's no comments in the race notes. About that, I can't confirm nor deny, but... I'm pretty positive. This is the one where he smokes his front jack, man. <laughs> God, does like a, a backflip backwards rolls. Everyone's like, oh my God, is he dead? But yeah. Me- meanwhile, yeah, no, the I- meanwhile, the backup jack, man, jumps in there and gets the car up as the yep. as the other guy like hobbles off to the, to the garage. The whole team just, whole team carries him back into the, into the, into the, into the garage. But yeah, they just kind of hope they don't come last. Beat Haas, maybe maybe that's their goal for this week. No, 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 no. That's that. If if that's not the goal for if them, that's, that's their no, goal. Then no. they all need new jobs. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Alpine. Alpine last race didn't do very well. I think they were one of the worst grades we gave out. You know, between Acon being a non-factor and of course the retirement of Fernando Alonso last year, the former Renault team they got a podium here. They put Danny Rick back on the podium. So what what are your thoughts about Alpine at this track? Uh, again, just going to give all the team chiefs uh, a shout out here so the fans could know because I didn't know their names. This one, David Brevio. OK, to be fair, uh, this this is a new one because it was yes. it was. It was um, yeah, it was Cyril. Yeah. And then yeah. Cyril like disappeared kind of weird under just, weird circumstances. Or something. I don't. I don't know. I have no clue what happened though. But yeah, this is David Brevo, uh, Brevio. Sure. Um, I think it's going to be a similar situation to what I said about uh, Aston Martin. They're going to tell Fernando, get in the points. They're going to say to Ocon, get in the points if you can. 
<laughs> but uh, I I quite honestly think that Fernando should, at the very least, be finishing tenth every race. And I think Ocon, in a perfect world for him, will be fighting for tenth in every race. I think some tracks he should for sure be in there because obviously every driver's got a a strong suit. Some tracks fit that, some tracks don't. But based off that first race, uh, Ocon did not look like he deserved to be in the top ten, and Fernando definitely did. But then he had the brake failure. So I think that their team goal is Fernando getting the points. Uh, Ocon, if you can squeeze yourself in there, hope there's some wrecks or whatnot. Don't get caught up in them. We would love a double points finish. But realistically, at least one of you, please be in the top 10. I think the realistic expectations for Alpine, I'm going to repeat what you said, but I'm going to stop it at the right moment. Okay. Okay. All right. Fernando Alonso should win some points, period. Yes. Yes. That's the end of the statement. That's the end of the expectations. Yeah. Ocon, uh, again, where you qualify, don't fall any lower. This is the thing. Ocon, I mean, we're obviously going to have a whole episode about this when the, the summer break happens, you know, talking about silly season. But mm-hmm. to preview it, I don't know when Esteban Ocon's contract is up, but I think whenever his contract's up, unless a miracle happens, unless the like he starts setting the world on fire, I don't think he has an F1 seat ever again. When he first lost his seat, I thought, hey, this kid kind of deserves to get it back. And now that he got it back, I don't know if you can say it's the car. I don't know what, but he hasn't, he, he hasn't, I think he's outperformed his teammate once, maybe twice. And I don't know if that was because of retirement. Or okay. Not. So, 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 so here's the thing looking at specifically for this weekend, looking uh-huh. at last year's qualifying at Imola. Okay. Yeah. So Mercedes were one and two, okay, right next to each other. Red Bull was three and six. Okay, that's a little bit of a gap, but that's understandable. Alpha Tauri was uh, four and eight. Okay, another sizable gap, but nothing crazy. You know, Ferrari, we already talked about how Charles is an amazing qualifier, especially compared to Vettel. And that difference was seven and 14. Yeah. With the exception of that Ferrari gap, the mm-hmm. biggest gap between teammates was Daniel Ricardo and Esteban Ocon in last year's Renault. Daniel Ricardo was fifth. Ocon was 12th. In what should be a very similar car, Ocon got knocked out in Q2 with a time of 115.2. Meanwhile, Ricardo moves on with a 114.95. Uh, so, to me, Alpine is... A hundred percent, whatever they're doing is Fernando Alonso. I would not be surprised if Alcon doesn't score a point this season. So my expectations, Fernando gets a point, you know, doesn't retire early due to issues. I think if you do that, that's perfectly fine. Alcon at this point, especially with how poorly he did last year, he should just be hoping to get out of Q1, personally. That's harsh, All right. but that... No, that, yeah. that, hey, sometimes you gotta be in the... The, if this, we'll see if the stats don't lie. So, but that's my expectation for Alpine, and that kind of wraps up the midfield. Now we got to go to the three back markers, if you will. Starting with Alfa Romeo, what are your expectations for Alfa Romeo this upcoming weekend? Well, I'm sure Frederick Vazor is telling the guys, "Do the best you can. Get 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 eleventh, twelfth again. Maybe if we get some more retirements, you never know." 
last year, like you said, was a crazy race. It was a crazy, crazy race with some with some very strange retirements. So anything can happen. Alpha, I think, has improved upon last year. So I think they're telling them if you guys could get a, a, a top 10, that'd be like a win for us. You know what I mean? Like that would be phenomenal. I think they just want both cars to come home at the end of the day. It's not like Timmy is a rookie and needs seat time. I of mean, course. he obviously he he wants to be a winner. Antonio is still young, younger. Um, so again, like Alpha shouldn't be a team that's that's like AlphaTauri, where it's technically a training team, if you will. Oh, for for, um, for Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, but this one's a hard one because they're just not good enough to be fighting for a top ten realistically, but they're not bad like they're not the worst like they shouldn't be the lowest they should finish is uh 15th it's a, it's a hard one when, when, when the team doesn't really have much to go on okay pop quiz for you hunter do you remember what alfa romeo's qualifying and race results were for this race last year i remember at one point i think George Russell was in the points and he was in like fifth and Timmy was in sixth. And then George spun out under, I believe that was this track spun out under uh, a yes. safety car. Yes, That was this track. So, so I'm, uh, I'm going to assume that maybe it was a double points finish from that day, but a lot of cars got knocked out. So I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't remember. So last year, Alfa Romeo qualified 18th and 20th. Okay. So horrible. All right. And they finished the race ninth and 10th. Wow. Okay. Well, then maybe based off the last year, they they're another team saying, "Hey, let's get a double points finish." Well, I'll be honest. Okay, so based on the results of last year, and based on the fact that the car has shown that you know, obviously, with them being eleventh and twelfth last race, that if they can survive the the RNG, if you will, of who doesn't finish the race each week, I think that a good Good goal, good expectation to put on the Alfa Romeo squad is that they both survive into Q2. That's fair. I like that. See, I like that. Maybe that's what I got to think of for these lower teams is forget the race result. Think about a qualifying effort. Listen, this could be like whatever you want. Like it, for like you could you could just say that Giovinazzi has a good hair day if you wanted to for expectations. <laughs> um, well, it's because it's easier with the big teams because <laughs> they it's easy to say the race results. But you're right for these smaller teams, you got to find the silver lining somewhere. So yeah, yeah. Or so I should say smaller teams. So I should say slower teams. Yeah, so all these teams are big. Of course, but yeah, that that's my personal expectation for them. Last year, they qualified like crap. This year, if they could both make it to Q2, especially with how they performed last year in the race, maybe they do a little better than 9-10. Maybe if they start a little better, they can get some better results, you know, be set for a bit of a, a better push than they did last year. But that's what I'm saying. Both both drivers get out of Q1. I think that's a good expectation for Alfa Romeo this race weekend. Now, speaking of George Russell putting it into a wall, let's talk about Williams. Do you think that Williams' goal should just be don't crash under a safety car? I think they're going to be. T I think I don't think anyone has to tell George. I don't think anyone has to tell him at all that he had a he had a points finished in the bag and he literally just took it away like by himself for no reason. Uh, he was so warming yeah, think, the tires, dude. He was warming uh, the tires. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, okay. 
Uh, yeah, so if I'm Simon Roberts, that's uh, the Williams' new team chief. Oh, my God. It's not Claire. It's not Claire. Uh, it's not a Williams. Strange. Strange it's a, time. It's, it's, it's a shame. Okay. But if I'm Simon Roberts, I'm telling the guys, do the best you can, and that's that's it. I'm going to tell George, keep up the Q2 antics. It's a Q1. We'll, we'll buy you a pony. You mean Q3. It, sorry, Q3. Yeah, sorry. And if I'm Latifi, I'm... I'm hoping to get to Q2. Now, obviously, new cars this year for all the teams. We got to see what this type of track will provide. But George has a, a knack for getting into Q2 when it seems like he shouldn't. It looked like Latifi was going to finally beat him uh, last last race. So maybe they'll both get out of Q2. Who, who knows? We don't know who's going to be bad. We don't know who's going to be good. We got new cars with new arrow rules. We haven't been to a track like this yet. It's only second race of the year. I'm saying just be optimistic for them. We know how bad they were and how bad they still somewhat are. So I think they just want to just do the best they can and just wherever they finish, hope it was hope it was worth it. Yeah, I think to me, it's very similar to how we talked about Mercedes and Red Bull. Both of them, we kind of put the expectation of get a double podium. Obviously, they both can't do that. You know, one of them's going to prevail and the other one's going to come up short. For me, it's almost the exact same between Alfa Romeo and Williams. I have basically get both cars in the Q2. I do not think in any normal circumstance, both the Alfa Romeos and both the Williams can accomplish that. It's going to take a wild situation for there to be five cars that fall below them in Q1. But my goal for Williams, get both cars in the Q2. That's kind of where I'm at with them. Very similar to Alfa Romeo. Last year, it was kind of a similar situation for for Williams. They qualified 13th and 19th, obviously George being that 13th. And, of course, George crashed down their safety car in a position where he would have won points. Nicholas Latifi was right behind those Alfa Romeos, finished 11th. Giovinazzi came in 10th. 26 seconds behind the leader. Latifi finished 27 seconds behind the leader. So very close within a potential striking distance. So for Williams, exact same goal as Alfa Romeo. Get both cars into Q2 and obviously try to, you know, sneak some points if you can. But I think if you if you can start there, that would be fantastic. Can both teams do it? I doubt it, but we'll see. Now, Hunter, are you ready for the great expectations of the last team on the grid. It's going to be a great one. What are your expectations for the lovely team of Haas Ferrari? Yes. If I'm uh, Gunther Steiner, I'm going to say we're looking like wankers out there. Uh, <laughs> not, not rock stars this time, huh, bud? No, no. They, he's, he's bringing out the uh, season one drive to survive quotes. Listen, uh, that that is one of there are two quotes from Drive to Survive that I absolutely adore. That is one of them. And the only other one is in season two when Daniel Ricardo said, I'm still handsome. <laughs> I'm st- <laughs> when, when he's introducing himself and he's like, my name is Daniel Ricardo. I drive for Renault Racing and I'm still funny and handsome <laughs> because that's how that's he introduced great. himself in season one. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, but, those those are two great quotes. Regardless, but talking about the cars, yeah, I I think they would. From what I understand, they have given up on this car. 
completely for this season. I think they've been very open from what I understand about only focusing on next year uh, and pretty much just using this year to give Mick and Nikita seat time. Yeah. So with that being said, shoot for not being the last two cars on the starting grid. Other than that, please, for the love of God, finish a lap, Nikita. And quite honestly, finish the race, both of you. That don't take each other out. Don't take other people out. If you get taken out, that's racing. But for the love of God, don't cause the retirement this week. Mm-hmm. So don't bring out a safety car, either of you. Um, <laughs> what are you, their parents? Like, you're just scolding them. I mean, they, need to be, they need to be. I mean, it, that was horrible. That was, that was painful to watch last week if you were a Haas fan. But yeah, finish the race, both of you. Don't be 19th and 20th on the starting grid. And don't cause any yellows this week. That's that's it. Yeah. Nikita, Nikita, try your best not to spin in every single session. They have announced that they have made some minor modifications to the rear wing to help with okay. rear end stability, which was the problem that caused both Mazepin and Schumacher to spin during the course of last race. Along with that, they said that these modifications that they brought to and put on the car for this weekend are the final modifications that they are putting towards this year. So the car we see on track this weekend will be the car that will race the rest of the 21 races after. Well, we can at least say then that by the end of the season, just throw beating upgrades, they should both have this car well figured out. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. My notes and expectations for them for this upcoming race weekend, both cars come home unbroken generally. You know, the uh, zero DNFs from the Haas squad. If Haas does that, I think that's the expectations that I put on them this weekend. Because, boy, is it bad. I mean, I can't even I can't even say that one of them makes it out of Q1. Because, I mean, if you look at last weekend, you know, Nikita Mazepin, his Q1 time was a 133.2. Schumacher was a 132.4. An 18th, which was Sebastian Vettel, was a 132 flat. Nikita's qualifying session two was just such like an egg to the face. Like, he had no respect for any of the people in front of him. Cuts the line. Spins out in front of everyone. Ruins half the field's quality times. I mean, well, here's the thing. Let's be real. That's exactly what he did when he was in F2. Like he, w- he was, right. the, yeah, he was the guy who would run people off the track and stuff like that. Like, I, and for all we know, maybe this rear wing will set the car on fire for this one race, and and they'll get out of Q one. Well, uh, hopefully not literally on fire, because at this well, point with Haas, who I'm knows? Sure, I'm sure Nikita can find a way to do that. But <laughs> uh, I see the thing is, like, I have so much um, mix spun out during the race. I'm not making fun of him because it happens. I mean, we saw Vettel spin out on that same part of the track uh, last year. We've seen people, whatever, because it was one spin. The reason I'm I'm teasing on Nikita is because he spun in every single session so far. I mean, I get it. There is rear stability issues that Haas is suffering. That's very similar to what Red Bull was dealing with last year that basically sunk Albon's career. You know, the first half of the season, Red Bull was, was having massive issues with their rear um, stability 
And, like, it got better the more they fixed it towards the end of the season and everything. And that's what helped allow, you know, Max to win the last race of the season. But, I mean, at some point, you realize that you just can't mash the gas coming out of a turn. You should know gonna... that by now. You should know that before you get the F1. You should know that in car things. These people are the best of the best. Or are they supposed to be? I have a lot of doubts about Nikita being <laughs> being in the best of the best category. Yeah, I I wouldn't put him there, but he's in F1, so therefore he gets to be in the conversation. Yeah, I I, I guess so. Regardless, those are the expectations, our goals, our thoughts about what each team should be able to accomplish this weekend or should be striving to accomplish because it's impossible for everything we talked about to happen. There's just not enough points yeah, finishing spots. Yeah, there's not enough points finishing spots. There's not enough podium spots. There's not enough room in Q2 even to accomplish everything we talked about. But I think we talked about a lot of realistic goals for teams. Some drivers will end up crashed out. Some drivers will exceed these expectations. Some drivers won't, you know? Who knows? Maybe Valtteri really starts to to showcase that he is maybe not the best second driver option at Mercedes. And who knows? Maybe he finishes, like, fifth behind the likes of, you know, one of the McLarens and Sergio. That That's a realistic finish. That's a realistic finish with how we've seen some of these teams, you know, play out in preseason and in Bahrain. So with all that being said, we're going to talk about, obviously, next week, how the Emilia Romana 2021 Grand Prix went. You know, we're going to grade all the teams, talk about how they did based on the general thoughts and expectations for them. We'll sum up Italy next week, and then the week after that, we're going to be previewing Portugal as you know the F1 season gets rolling. The big gap between Bahrain and Italy really threw me off. I I like at least that it's every other week. It's at least every other week for the foreseeable future, even back-to-back, you know, in rounds three and four. So that'll all be very exciting, uh, and I can't wait for that. But let's just focus on the immediate. This race weekend, really excited for it. Hunter, any last thoughts about this upcoming race weekend before we say goodbye? Not much. Just can't wait to see it and can't wait to talk about it uh, next week. Yeah, so hopefully you get a chance to uh, to watch it in between uh, fixing up uh, a variety of different um, race series cars, Hunter. So uh, yes. good luck to that. On the flip side, I will uh, definitely be tuning in bright and early at 9 a.m. Uh, on a lovely Sunday for everyone here on the East Coast. So no matter what time you're watching it around the world, hope you guys enjoy the race. And we will be back to talk about the results of this race next week here on Off the Pit Wall. An American F1 podcast. My name is Dan Zaleski. And Dr. Connolly. And we'll see you next week. Off the Pit Wall is produced by Dan Zaleski. With assistant producers Kalen Wolfskill and Hunter Connolly. A Ruby Media production. <laughs>